quits. Yo, I think this is like a one-legged dolphin. Fifty Randy quits. They're stupid criminal. Fifty Randy quits. That's how you say that, right? We watch movies so you don't have to. Cage talk. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades, a movie review podcast. I am your host with the most Nicholas Cage movies. I am, of course, the Prime Millennial and your boy, Chucky B. And my co-hosts, both of them. As usual. I'm I'm JT Kill Airhorn Chucky B Money. Never again, please. I thought that that was buried after Creek Chat, but no, here we are. It's back again. It's fine. I'm sorry. No, I love you, and I love all of our listeners. LOL, lots of love. Give it, get it, got it good. You know, that's right. <laughs> and I'm here too, Johnny Spade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is... Hashtag Cage Talk. Episode 147. Trespass. Hashtag Cage Talk 60. Yep. Our 60th episode. Think about that. We have watched 60 Nicolas Cage movies in chronological order. Yeah, dude. It's the 60th Nicolas Cage classic. That's wild as hell to me. And I know I've watched a few out of chronological order as well. So I've probably seen upwards of 65 Nicolas Cage movies. It's a lot. It's a lot. Still only like two thirds. Well. <laughs> well, if you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up. But you don't know about that uh, tagline. There's a tagline. When terror is at your door, you can run or you can fight. I mean, I feel like they did both. A lot. They did both of them quite a bit. They tried to. Yeah, they tried. Yeah, but I don't feel like this is a an either or situation like they're presenting me in this tagline. This you can do both. You can run and you can fight. Perfect. Yeah. Dumb tagline. Well, that is the tagline, of course. (laughs) (laughs) The dumb tagline for a great movie. Yeah, the sixtieth Nicolas Cage classic. Trespass. So you were showing the trailer? Yeah. You did? Oh, I didn't catch that. Pretty sure I said it. Hey, Mom, can I go to a party? Not tonight. I have to go with your mother on this. No, I don't want to meet with your buyer. I want to meet with you. Looks so good. Now it's my house, it's my rules. Daddy's home. Don't you just love surprises? What do you want from us? I don't know. Why don't we start with everything you got? There's money here. There's money somewhere. You let my wife leave, and then I'll give you what you want. I'll give them what they want, please. Open the safe. Don't kill us, Sarah. They'll just kill us if I do. Put your thumb on that thing sooner or later. Only question is whether it'll still be attached to your body. We saw you sign for diamonds, lots of them. My baby brother and your loving wife. That's why we're here. That's why we picked you. If you say, girl, do anything, anything you want, you know that, don't you? Open the safe. No. Nicholas Cage. Nicole Kidman. No! Trespass. secluded house again so you were showing the trailer yeah you did oh i didn't catch that pretty sure i said it i don't remember check the tape if you're new to the show and you might suspect that we're also new to the show by the way things are going so far (laughs) but trust us we're not we've been here for 
147 episodes. Yeah, yeah. Who's to say that this isn't all a bit, right? Well, I'm going to say it right now. Not a bit, guys. I'm sorry. But like we did say, <laughs> this is hashtag cage talk. And that means that we're going to talk about everything Nicolas Cage. Or at least we mean to. But we are gentlemanly hosts who are going to give you a slight brief warning before we boil the shit out of this movie for you and tell you everything that is there is that you need to know from our point of view from the movie trespass here's that little quick brief warning from the count of three down to one and then spoils bound so have fun with it three two one nicholas cage sells diamonds right and so these motherfuckers come up into his house a gang of four and they're trying to rob him of his diamonds and of his cash money that he's got there's a whole lot of interconnected relationships on who's there and why they're there but let's just say things don't turn out well for these robbers or for nick cage because he ends up at the end with all of his money and part of his house burning down while he's laying on his lawn bleeding from a gunshot to the gut and to the thigh and a smashed hand but it seems like he and his family all survived this terrible, terrible movie. I mean, incident. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that, but I did want to get into the nitty gritty because they give it to you piece by piece in a way that makes it seem like it's supposed to be interesting, but it just never quite gets there for me. But we'll get there. Yeah, I am mostly inclined to agree with you because don't get me wrong. This movie is not good, but it's also not terrible i might have been overstating it with terrible but it's also not even remotely good oh i pretty much agree with you but this is a crime drama thriller that is rated r for its violence and terror pervasive language and some brief drug use you gotta get in a little crack smoking every once in a while yeah or teenagers doing cocaine oh that's right i forgot about that little cokehead so this movie came out domestically october 14th of 2011 debuting at number 69 nice for sixteen thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars not so nice <laughs> not nice <laughs> at all what is the budget for trespass johnny yeah estimate a thirty-five million. Thirty-five million dollars. Hold on. And we brought. Hold on a second. Brought in like almost seventeen thousand in its opening weekend. Ooh, that is fucking rough. Hold on, but can I tell you? I know you already know this, but I can tell you what it brought in domestically. Total, to- total. <laughs> after that opening weekend, twenty-four thousand ninety-four dollars. Yeah, this movie brought all of its money in in all foreign lands and even that's not a lot it brought in only like a little over seven thousand dollars more than its opening weekend after its opening weekend domestically i didn't write this down on the sheet but this was its biggest its widest market how many theaters do you think its widest market was 15 10 Hmm. brutal yep i want to put this out there to the movie studios if you're gonna lose this much money just give it to me like just give me a little i'll cost you less than what this movie lost <laughs> give me 150k give me one milli yeah one two five half. I'll take $20. Pay for my lunch. Just reimburse me for this movie. It did make, because it's a Nick Cage movie, a little over $10 million in all foreign lands, but... Yeah, he's the king of all foreign lands. That's still not good. No, no, it's not. I don't know how this movie cost $35 million. Fun fact, the $10 million it made in foreign lands, also, only in 10 theaters. <laughs> how did this movie cost $35 million to make? Hey, and Nick Cage and Nicole Kidman. Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you mean the director, Joel Schumacher. Yes, also Directing famed, a piece of shit. famed director of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I mean, and some other good movies, too, but... What good movies? The thing is, I'm going to have to reference my phone. I know that they exist. I just can't think of them off because the top of my head. you've just named two bad movies. No, bro, I love both of those movies. No, I'm not saying they're good. Bad I'm not movie. saying they're good movies, but those are at least fun movies. No, I'm not saying that they're like... And that's where I'm getting at, is all three of these are not in the so bad that it's bad, like, just terrible. No, yes, this one is. This one absolutely is. This one I is. thought was like... It wasn't terrible to get through, but I would not recommend people watch it. The Lost Boys, A Time to Kill, Falling Down. Time to Kill, 
Not to be confused with Time to Kill? Not to be confused with that, no. Uh, he's directed a previous Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage flick, 8mm. Which we have done, yeah. <laughs> and it was... That was good. It was... I remember being okay. Better than yeah, this. it was better, better than, than 25. This. It was better than this. So, again, he's done a number of movies that far surpass what this movie is. But So, he did the movie A Time to Kill, which is what I was making fun of when we did the movie Time to Kill. Yes. Because every time I said Time to Kill, not to be confused with A Time to Kill. I'm pretty sure A Time to Kill is a mid-90s psychological thriller. Mm, maybe we should do A Time to Kill, not to be confused with Time to Kill. Just so I can do that bit. <laughs> no, we've had enough of it already. Let's talk about writer Carl Gadzooks. That's how you say that, right? Gadzooks. Yeah, yeah. Gadzooks. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. It's probably like Gadach, Gadach, Gadach. What about our uh, star actor of this movie, the famed One True God? Before we get to him, let's talk about all the other releases that came out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We did skip over that. Well, whoop the shit out of this movie. Oh, yeah, number one. Real Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it stars the Wolverine. I don't know why that was a movie. I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, why? What is it? I don't even remember. It's like, I think it's, uh, what's his name? It's like Rocket Sock and Robot. Yeah, Hugh Jackman, I think, was like an ex-fighter. And he's training like a robot to fight or some shit like that. I remember it now. No, I think you like become the robot. Maybe. Oh, yeah. He has to have those things on his hands. Yeah, yeah. You like you put the gloves on and like the the vision thing on, I think. And you become the robot. The power glove. Yeah. You use the power glove and the power visor. Yep. Okay. Well, that made 16.2 in its second week. So people were loving real steel. Well, yeah, it made like six million more than this did total in its, in its second, second week. week. <laughs> then we have the re-release of Footloose, brand new, fifteen point five million dollars. Re-release or remake? I'm remake. seeing re-release. I think the remake came out years after. That. I don't know. I've only seen the original. I'm not a hundred percent though. It doesn't really I, matter to me. I could see this either way. It's making money. Yeah, it made more money than this. <laughs> Then we're getting to The Thing, number three. Seen that. 8.4 million brand new. The new one? Pretty sure I've seen The Thing. That was like the prequel one. This one I haven't seen. I've only seen the, over the John, John, Carpenter. John Carpenter's The Thing. I want to say I saw this. Now I'm not too sure and I want to see it again now. I've seen it. Is it good? It's all right. I think I've seen it twice. I don't really remember it that well. Sometimes I'll watch The Thing and I, I have to watch both of them. Then at number four, The Ides of March, 7.1 million in the second week. Don't know what that is. I wonder. I want to say it's got one of the Batmans in it. Val Kilmer? Uh, Clooney. Not Adam West. I think Clooney. I think it's Clooney. I'm going to say, I'm going to give it the Chucky B guarantee that George Clooney is in that movie. Oh, baby. Am I right? I don't know. I'm about to find out. You are correct. Yes. And yes. And Ryan Gosling and Philip Seymour Hoffman. All right. So that movie could be worth watching. And Paul Giamatti. It's a political drama, which means I'm not fucking interested. Yeah, I don't really care then either. Then number five, movie that seems way more appealing than the Ides of March, Dolphin Tale. Six point two million in its fourth week. Is that like Free Willy but dolphins? Yeah. Well, I think the girl has a uh, one leg too. Oh, it's not about the woman who had sex with a dolphin back in like the MK Ultra no. shit back in like the sixties or whatever. I don't no, think it was no, no, late no, no, to no. MK Ultra. Pretty sure this is a Disney movie. You love sex with a dolphin in a Disney movie. You just you know you got to be a little more artistic about it. <laughs> no, I think this is like a one-legged dolphin. What a, a one-legged, a one-legged dolphin. I mean, that would be interesting to see a one-legged dolphin. <laughs> one-legged dolphin up. girl. It's like like ridiculous scientific experiments where they're trying to attach human legs to a dolphin, but they only got one on before the dolphin escaped back into the wild. And it's trying to reassimilate into its dolphin family in the ocean, but it's got this wild-ass human leg just trailing behind it. It would just be lamb, but underwater. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. That's the dolphin tail I want to see. Well, there's, I think, three of them. I bet you none of them have a fucking deformed dolphin in it, though, so. Yeah, I don't think so. Could you imagine a dolphin that had two human legs and two human arms, as well as its fins and its tail and its normal head, and it could come up out of the water and, like, run at you like an alligator, but on human limbs? Basically like a dolphin bear walking towards you. Makes me think of that movie, Lamb. Nah, fuck that movie, dude. Oh, I remember as it went on, I was like, what the fuck? Like, 
<laughs> and then the end, I was like, what? Yeah, I haven't seen that. No, I don't recommend it. For you especially, I don't recommend it. I thought it was going to be good. I even actually went to the theater to see that. It was the first time I'd been back to the theater in months and months and months. And it just felt like, yeah, I saw all that coming. Am I supposed to be surprised by this? And it's too slow and boring for me to give a shit about it. Although it is fucked uh, up. To, it's fucked up to look at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got, when I was watching, I was like, why are they treating this lamb like a child? And then there was that one reveal. I was like, oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy fucked a goat and had birth to a lamb. Okay, let's move on to our star <laughs> and main actors. And you were going to... One true god. His name is Nicolas Cage. Uh-huh. Nicolas Cage. He plays mild-mannered diamond salesman. Mild-mannered diamond salesman. Kyle Miller. Kyle Mannered. You can cut that. <laughs> You can cut that. <laughs> and we got uh, Nicole Kidman as his wife, Sarah Miller. In the beginning, I felt like she was just doing her normal Australian accent. And then I realized as the movie went on that she was trying to do an American accent and was just really bad at it in the beginning. And then I remember that she's generally not great, or at least feel like she's gotten better over time. But in back in the day, wasn't so great at hiding her Australian accent. But I love Nicole Kidman. That's all I'm saying. But we'll move on from her and we'll talk about... Cam, I disagree. What about what? Oh, I don't like it. I don't, I don't give like a fuck. You don't like redheads because you don't like uh, Julianne Moore either. You're just a fucking redhead hater, and I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. I am going to talk about Cam Gigandet, or probably oh, not pronounced like that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what Volchok, right? Yeah, I just wrote him down as OC as Jonah. Throughout my note, Jonah also as I will refer to throughout this episode, young bro or security guy. I will refer to him as OC. Perfect. Who's who's next? Oh, we got, of course, we got Ben Mendelssohn. He is Elias. He is. Won't you walk with Elias? He is older bro or the main dude. And he was in Nicolas Cage's Knowing in 2009. Nice. As well as being in Rogue One and in... Uh, Captain Marvel is like the alien dude. So he was she's in, protecting because we did two of those movies for Fifty Randy Quaid's. Yep. Then there is Liana Le- Liberato who plays Avery Miller, child. Jordana Spiro as Petal, who's the woman, the, the woman invader, stripper. woman invaders, crack smoking. I didn't know she was a stripper. Yes, yeah, she was a stripper. They did show her in those scenes. And then we got Dash Mahook. His tie. Yeah, this is right? It doesn't matter. No, it never matters. <laughs> the Rock told you a long time ago, it doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> Yo, I'm Dashmahook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dashmahook, he plays Ty. Who's Ty? Is that the big dude? I think that's the big the big guy. Knife man? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Big guy. I refer to him as big guy. Me too, big dude. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to anybody's name in this movie. I only the family. I had Kyle, Sarah, and Avery down. Everyone else I just called like as I found out more, I called them something different. We'll get there as we go. Then I guess that brings us, of course, to our world famous IMDB breakdown. Oh <laughs> World famous. Is the hill for ransom? A husband and wife's predicament grows more dire amid the discovery of betrayal and deception. They're held for ransom. So that's, mm. that's the thing. It's all very. That's not act. I wouldn't describe it that way. But like, yeah, I wouldn't describe it that they're way. They're being held to get a particular amount of money because this guy owes a debt to someone, or so he thinks. Because everything along the way turns out everyone was lying to everyone about everything. Yeah, everybody was double. But essentially, each other. the the main dude lays it out as I need one hundred eighty thousand dollars from you for this reason. Then that reason. And finally, it's just like, I got held up for drugs and I owe this dude $180,000. And that's why I'm All here. Right. And I'm just like, none of this, none of this makes any sense. And as you find out more and you get to the end, you're like, okay, I guess it makes sense why they were here. But Jesus fucking Christ, that's super convoluted. So I have so many questions. They're just dumb criminals. Well, yes. The one guy, OC, he really does seem to have some like severe mental issues because they set this up for you to think that Nicole Kidman and him are sleeping together. 
when realistically, I don't think that happened at all. No, it didn't. She was just freaked out by him like kissing her and then was scared when he wouldn't leave. So he's the younger brother of Elias, who I refer to as like the main dude, because he's going to take a point on this whole invasion yeah. that goes on. He says at one point that his brother's off of his meds. You can't take Tic Tacs for psychosis. So he suffers from some form of psychosis where he's created this world in his head where he and Sarah are going to be together. And that's what drives this entire invasion right there. His psychosis creating this future with this woman that doesn't exist. It's insane how many things they tried to tie together in this movie for it to be interesting. And it's just like, none of it is interesting, really. There's parts where you're like, oh, this is like, oh, cool. And then you're just like, wait, why do I care? I will say that Nicolas Cage does a stand-up bang-out job. I think this is a bad performance from him. I liked his freak out. I didn't care for it in this at all. Just none of it felt right to me. So I guess we'll start at the beginning because that's just the best place to start, right? So like Nick Cage is portrayed to be as like supremely wealthy individual who's like trying to sell these diamonds. And so he's like on the phone with this guy while he's driving. You can tell he's desperate. You can. Yeah, you can tell there's like like you're saying that desperation in his voice. There's just something a little bit off about everything he seems to be doing. But then he pulls up into this, like, remote area and this nice-ass fucking house. And you're like, all right, well, yeah, this just, like, kind of furthers my belief that he could be really wealthy. Because he's got a fucking really nice house, nice car, looks like he's dressed as well. And he's in the cage, man. Come on. The one thing I didn't like, though, was it didn't seem like there was really any chemistry between him and Nicole Kidman. So this is one thing I wanted to bring up for sure in this. And it's a complete opposite of what we just saw in Seeking Justice when we watched that. Because in Seeking Justice, they did a great job of establishing the relationship between Cage and January Jones. It felt real. It felt like those two had chemistry. But they, they did it in such a quick and efficient manner. It was like, boom, bam, slice. I'm invested in those two as a couple. Not once in this fucking movie do I believe that Nick Cage and Nicole Kidman ever had a good marriage. Ever. I like kind of believe it at the very end when she's like, like looking at Nick and she's like, no, I love you. I love you. You need to not die on me right now. But like desperation. Yeah. But that was the only part in this entire movie where I was like, maybe I was like, if they didn't have this kid, there'd be no reason for them to be together. But anyway, they're at the house or whatever. And the little girl, she's all like, Ma, I want to go to this party. And why won't okay, you Okay, all right. Oh, say, hold on. You keep saying little girl. Let's be realistic. She's like 16 or 17. So she's a child, but she's not like a 12-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, she's like, I want to go to this party, Mom. And Nicole Kidman's like, I know, but if you should go to this party. <laughs> she's not Cockney. <laughs> she's Australian. Yeah, but that's what it sounds like when she's trying to be American. And then her daughter's like, Mom, it's going to be cool. Like, my friends from school are going to be there. And she's like, you're being real, like, suspiciously vague about this party, daughter. Well, yeah, because there's going to be a lot of older people, booze, drugs, stacks of cash, cocaine, children, cocaine. (laughs) And eventually, no, they don't show up with a gun later. So never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone there has a gun, though. You know they do. It's like an OC party. Oh, I'm sure there's multiple people there with guns. Probably a gun in that kid's safe. Are you kidding me? Or in the dad's safe. It's in a different safe. It's in the gun safe, where it should be. (laughs) Yeah, I call my dresser drawer my gun safe. I don't own a a gun, guys. Just want to tell everyone I don't own a gun. I don't have a gun in my dresser drawer. Don't come looking for it, or I'll shoot you. So this is after I wrote down that Nick Cage and Nicole Kidman have no chemistry, um, is they let in fake cops. And uh, my first thought is, why aren't you going to tell those cops to back up so you can at the very least see their face? Jumping ahead here. Jumping ahead a sec. Because we see the one scene where he is in his office or whatever, and then Nicole Kidman is like in the bathroom, and we see her pulling this fucking lingerie brand new out of a bag because she's taking the tags out. And then she comes up to his door dressed in like in a black dress and 
has on this new lingerie and she's like, sure, you don't want something to eat. And I'm thinking, there's no way to seduce your husband. You just spread your legs and be like, you want to eat what's between my legs? All right, listen, you got to hope that Nicolas Cage can at least pick it up what she's throwing down when she's wearing lingerie. She shouldn't have to beat him over the head with her pussy. She should be able to just be like, hey, here's a coy little hint. And he should be like, oh, yeah, I get it. I'm not a fucking idiot. But he is a fucking idiot because he doesn't love his wife. They don't love each other. Well, she didn't. I think the point really that he's getting at is she didn't even open the door. She like, absolutely opened the, the door. door. She opened no, the door. No, she's talking I'm sorry, through the door. If that's not opening the door to you, then you've never opened a door in your life. That was a clear, like, let's go. She's wearing lingerie. That's the door being open. It's not what she says. It's what she's wearing. What else would she be wearing lingerie for so you can look at it? Oh, yeah, and she obviously changed because he, like, saw her before, and she wasn't wearing that. She shouldn't have to say a word. A costume change should be enough for him to go, oh, she put that on so I can take it off. But even after that, she's like kissing him and he's not having it at all. Well, yeah, and that was weird. Well, because he's, as we find out, he's stressed out about he lost his job and he's trying to squirrel away money for his family by selling these diamonds and blah, 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 blah. So he's under too much stress and all that. But okay. Well, he was also under the impression that she had slept with this security guy, too. That's true, because they also establish here before we get to the break in that there's this security system in the house. That's kind of high tech, the way they show it to us with that panel. There's cameras yeah. out. There's cameras outside. There's this punch code. There's all this short shit. So they establish like, okay, that's part of this really, really nice house. It has this pool and a view on a, a lake or the ocean or something. I don't know exactly where they're at, but like they're living a high end lifestyle with a, a security gate out front. Oh, the whole nine yards. I think the safe looks pretty badass. And then Johnny was saying, "What? Oh, that's it right, fake." It looked, fake. It, it looked like something out of Batman and Robin. It's Joel Schumacher level technology. Oh, it looked fantastically fake. I loved it. I loved it because it looked like 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 an evil villain's like say. I don't know. It was fine. Well, he we don't see what's in it, but he pulls out a Manila envelope that he ends up like locking into his briefcase when Nicole Kidman surprises him in the lingerie. And that I'm on the phone. And that comes back into play later. Yeah, he like slams his briefcase shut, which he doesn't need to do. Because she doesn't even open his office door. She's just talking through the wall, basically. And he's like, I'm on the phone. It's like, come on, Nick. You're not being subtle. Well, she says to him after he shuts her down because he's just too stressed or whatever, distracted by her alleged affair. How many times is this going to happen before I don't care anymore? And he's like, what does that mean? Do you need her to spell? I was like, do you really need her to spell everything out for you? That literal Nick? And now we get the ring at the front gate. And the daughter has ran away to the party. I was going to say, let's not forget she snuck out. Yes. That's where we get a good view of the cameras outside that are like filming the activity in the yard and stuff. And like, she has a locking key to her bedroom door? From the outside. That means she can theoretically lock her into that room. Yeah, but I feel like she could just unlock it from the inside. It's a weird lock to have on a door either way, though. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It, I just I just thought it was weird. Rich, rich uh, maybe, people. Maybe rich people have doors like that on their bedroom. Yeah, is that just rich people shit? Stuff that we just don't know about? I mean, she rich? gets into her car with a friend that's got a fucking BMW when they're in high school. I mean, she is a princess, though. No, she's, oh, she's, she's a princess. There's only one S on that. Well, come in. Come on. No. License plate. Yeah, no, I know what it is. It says princess. Drop the I and put two S's. Yeah, that makes more sense. Idiots. Rich fucking idiots. <laughs> but anyhow, the fake cops use the guise of there's been a lot of robberies in the area. So why don't you let us in and we can They say burglaries. Talk to us. Yeah, I mean it's there's been a there's been a, there's been a No, no, there no. Is. After watching Ant Man, there is a difference between burglary and robbery. There's been a rash of burglaries, he says too. So burglar burglaries or what when no one's home? Where you don't threaten or try to hurt anyone. You're just there for the Robbing goods. is like threatening and where you're using physical force. All right. Well, there you go. We learned something today here on. Because he brings it up at Ant-Man. He's like, I burgled. Burglar. So anyway, this team of four ends up coming in to the house. Three dudes and a woman. And 
they get him on the ground and they're like, yo, fuck you. We're here to fuck your world up. Give us your cell phones. Give us the code to your shit. We know all your shit. We know all about you. Where's your dumbass daughter? The fuck is going on, you motherfuckers? And like, it escalates very quickly. Well, and they did seem to have a lot of information on them. So the guy who's overseeing this whole thing, who we never find out about, is allegedly this big time drug dealer and probably just crime boss of, of all sorts. So my theory is that he is the father of the the kid who's throwing the party. And so she was basically going to rob him to pay the people that are basically, you know, like, like robbing himself, basically. That was my theory. Even though it doesn't like we get no proof of any of it because she never goes back there. I mean, I guess it's a theory to have. Yeah, there's nothing that gives that like would point in that direction at all i don't buy well i mean there's theory. a little bit of personal cocaine in there yeah there's like 200 fucking, grand in cash he probably works in stocks and bonds and trading and all that shit doing a whole bunch of coke and you got a whole lot what? of loose cash too when you're that rich i'm sure you always have that kind of cash in a fucking safe at your house just in case i would i'm just saying it it would have been funny if that's like another connection that they had in this movie it would have been a connection that would have actually meant something if they'd established it the whole movie but like everything in this movie was just kind of like fly by the seat of your pants and hope that you enjoy this twist and it isn't just pissing you off by the 12th or 13th twist i think that's how they wrote the script was by the seat of their pants i felt like it was just like a bunch of like it wasn't just the one carl gadzooks right it was like carl gadzooks was like he was like all right I'm going to have 20 of my best friends come over and we're all going to write like a page. And then I'm just going to put the movie together and turn it in. Well, the robber's initial plan is to be in and out in 15 minutes. So every minute they're there, their chance of failure increases by 10% or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. And the one dude's mask was killing me the whole time. It's like he fucking took a sock, cut a couple holes in it and threw it on his head. Like, cause it had like the pointy parts from like the sides of the socks and shit. And half the time, like the eye, one eye was like up above his, almost covering his eye. I'm like, what a fucking dumbass, dude. Like one, how am I supposed to take this movie seriously right now with his fucking jacked up mask? And how is Nick Cage supposed to take this robber seriously with his fucked up mask? Well, in Young Bro, his mask, which like was like the gator style it just covered like from the nose down that seemed to be cut out of an old white athletic sock which you could see right through because it was threadbare oh yeah you could tell that that was him and that comes into play because nicole kidman recognizes him immediately immediately recognize it's like he wasn't wearing a mask plus his eyes were like piercing her because let's not forget she was afraid she was going to be assaulted by him and now here he is in her house in a home invasion style robbery so she's got to be like some sort of crazy terrified so that was the one hole in the plan that i thought of was how is this guy that installed the security system in this house like if they murder even if they don't even murder him when the cops come to investigate, they're going to be like, oh, you got a security system. Let's go talk to these people and see who installed it. Let's talk to them. Let's yeah. find out what the hell happened here and talk to each person involved. Like, you're fucked. You're done. Well, again, he's crazy, so he doesn't think about these things. That's the whole, like, get out of jail free card for that that character. It's like, oh, he's just too crazy to know that this plan is going to fail. So we can make it as illogical as possible. This is rough because I just want to jump into tearing this movie apart. Well, we will. We will. We get to the point they're opening up the safe now. And Cage is like, I'm not going to open up the safe because as soon as I open up the safe, you're going to kill us. That's our leverage and it's gone. And on top of that, who's cutting these diamonds for you? Have you even thought this through? Like all this shit is marked. And if you go and try and sell it, they'll know where it came from. And if you cut it and you try and move without a certificate, motherfuckers are going to know that they're stolen. Like you need to have someone to facilitate this for you. I can be that guy. I can do that for you. And these motherfucking robbers are like, ah, no, I don't think so. The head guy is kind of like the big brothers kind of like thinking about it because he's like, all right, keep talking, keep talking. And and OC's all like, dude, are you going to fucking listen to this guy or what? Like, just fucking pop him and tell him to fucking open the safe. Let's lay down the table right here of our four invaders. You've got Elias and Jonah, who are the brothers. You've got Petal, who is Elias's stripper girlfriend. And you've got Ty, Dash Me Hook. Like drug dealer's 
muscle, basically. Muscle. Yeah, yeah. And so he's kind of there overseeing it. And throughout the whole thing, Nick Cage is like watching it and figuring out like, we aren't the only hostages in the situation. We're just the least powerful of the hostages in the situation. Well, it, it becomes very apparent that that's what's happening, that there's some sort of rift between these home invaders. Well, the woman basically just disappears while this is going on. She's smoking oh, she crack in the bedroom. She just starts smoking crack. She's smoking crack and watching family videos up in the bedroom. Just having a hell of a time. Yeah. Putting on Nicole Kidman's dresses. And why is she watching these family videos? Well, smoking I, crack. I think it... At some point later in the movie, uh, Big Brother's like, hey, you know, you know what we're going to do? Like, we're going to get out of this. We're going to pay off this debt. We're going to move to Mexico. We're going to get your... Like, he says something about, like, getting a kid or something. Like, not necessarily... He doesn't say that, but he says, like... You're going to um, get somebody out of foster care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting someone out of foster care, which, you know, is like getting a kid, right? So they're going to get her child back, which I assume was taken by the state and put into foster care. And then he says, we're going to get you clean. So we find out, because now the main dude is talking to Kyle kind of more in private. And he's like, listen, this big dude behind me, he's not my idea. He's someone who has to be here for this. He's dangerous and he'll kill all of us. And we get some flashbacks on the side from Nicole Kidman about the security guy and when he's there setting up the place. So they're leading us to believe the same thing, that she's sleeping with this dude. And she's maybe even in on what's going on here today because she led them in so it's an inside job like they're really doing a going hard on trying to push that angle right here off the bat i never really kind of felt like they were making it seem like she was in on it i thought it was just that they were trying to make it seem like she fucked oc i felt like there was a stretch there especially when they go up and they get the necklace and all of that and then they're coming back down the way she's kind of talking to them and it obviously could be taken as what it was which is her playing him and working the game but for a little while there it almost felt like she was working with them because we didn't know at that time what the real angle was yet. They're still keeping it up in the air. But meanwhile, Avery's over at this party and this dude who's there, whose dad is obviously the drug dealer. Uh, he's like, yo, girl, let's do some drugs and let's fuck because, you know, you already want to fuck me. And Avery's like, oh, hold on, I'm going to call a cab real quick. And she gets the fuck out of there. So she's heading back to this house now so you got that hanging over the situation yeah at, at the very least they were like or at least our daughter's not here right even though the bad guys knew she existed so that's not good so she just gets dropped off at this point and she's sneaking back into the house through the woods so she's trying to get back in undetected unseen because she doesn't know what's going on so that's gonna make it like it's no good but then she starts to hear something going on right and that's when she goes like mom and everyone's like called attention to it and nick cage is like run run baby run and she's just like oh fuck so she starts to run and i thought this was pretty funny because this is when she what she throws the the bamboo down on oc when he's like trying to come up those back stairs and there's like some it looks like bamboo I don't know if that's what it was, but, like, something in the corner she, like, grabbed and threw at him. This is like when you get fixated on a window being broken in Dawson's Creek. Like, I don't I don't remember it, and it didn't matter, and you're sitting here talking about the bamboo sticks like it was... Because well, I just thought it was funny. I just, was inconsequential. It. She pushed it. Yeah. She didn't throw it, but yeah. Yeah, she pushed it. She pushed something down on him. Yep. I just thought it was funny, so I wrote it down. Well, now the main dude is yelling about how what really is going on is his mom needs a kidney. And he's either going to walk out of here with the money to buy a kidney or he's walking out with someone's kidney and the younger, the better. So basically he's implying I'm going to cut out your daughter's kidney and get the fuck out yeah. of there. That's enough for Sarah. And so she makes a move on this dude and pulls the syringe. Now he had introduced earlier, they have this syringe with them. It's got a drug that induces paralysis. And we find out then eventually it's used as a lethal injection. It shuts your functions down. You sit there paralyzed while people can do whatever they want to do to you. And you're still alive yeah. until your lungs are shut down and then you die. So she pulls this syringe and she's got it up to dude's neck. And she's like, let my daughter out of here. Do whatever the fuck you want to do, but let my daughter go. So big dude does. Big dude takes off his jacket, puts his jacket on her shoulders, but also puts his watch in there with like an alarm that goes off so he can find her later. Which is what ends up happening. Yeah. I don't know why she just doesn't throw it or take the jacket off. You do a lot of crazy things when you're in shock. And I guarantee yeah. you she's not exactly thinking straight at the moment. Good thing she didn't do any coke. Or maybe bad thing she didn't do any coke. So, but this is where, like, yeah, they lock her in that other room. And then 
at some point, like... Well, this is when Cage opens the safe. While she's still outside. Oh, yeah, and it was funny, because right after this, or, like, I was just like... Because I had seen this before, but I don't remember, like, anything of it. I just saw it when it came out. And I was just like, oh, man, it'd be really funny if he opens up this safe and it's just empty. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it happens. And they're just like, so, like, they start freaking out about it. The robbers do. And then they're like, where's the fucking money? I saw you get the money. I've been telling you for weeks, man. Where's the money, Lebowski? See, I was wondering, too, that a man, like, that has a safe like this, that's dealing in, like, diamonds and stuffing so much cash in his house, why would you not own a gun? Yeah, I'm kind of... Kind of like bewildered about that too. That's why he's got a security system, obviously, and security him. guards with guns. And also, uh, um, so if they have a fake security code that they can put in there that looks like it's working, but it's really just alarming the security team, wouldn't it also be beneficial for them to have like a fake safe word that they can say, and so that they can say that's the word, and it really alerts the people, like the security that. Yo, you do need to call the cops or send the police? Yeah, but they could have also known both of those safe words as well. Yeah, because dude worked for the company. Yeah. I guarantee you he knew that safe word. They were just asking her for it because they had her on the phone. Yeah, that's true. He had all the info they needed to bypass that security setup. Yeah, I guess guess they were pretty flawless, right? Well, no, because they're fucking idiots, (laughs) but they could have been. This could have been a real easy job for them if they'd have really been smart, but... Maybe not, because the way Nick Cage is hiding all that money in a wall is not something they could have predicted. Well, that's the other thing, is they end up having, like, this desire to kill these people. No matter what, they wanted to kill them. Like, why do you want to go from robbery to murder? All right, so at some point after this safe has been opened and revealed to be empty, the there seems to be, like, a little rift that happens between the, the bad guys and Nick Cage. It allows him to, like, grab a chair and throw it through a fucking window. Well, Nick Cage, like, at, at some point during all this shit that's going on, we find out that Cage lost his job and all that, which is why he's yeah. hustling for money. We get all that information. And that big dude's cell phone rings and the big boss man's on the phone, like... Yo, you guys have an hour to get this done before I fucking basically shut it down. The woman starts freaking out and starts, like, running around being like, they're lying about not having money. Look at this place. They're rich is rich and rich. And this is when Kyle is thinking, like, oh, shit. Like, there's more at play here than just them coming to rob us. Like, they're they're in some shit, too, right now. And Sarah's talking to Dude. This is after they go and get the necklace. And she's like, yo, you need to help us out. This woman is freaking out right here. And... Like, she thinks that her man, Big Bro, is going to die if they don't pull this thing off. And she's like, let's just run away. Then the big dude gets off the phone with the main dude. And he's like, don't, no one's running anywhere. It's just all sorts of shit. Basically, it comes down to eight, like, security dude, young bro, is like, I'll take care of Avery. I'll take care of you. I'll get y'all out of here. So the split comes down to when... Sarah gets threatened. Young security dude is like, I'll fight anyone on my team that steps up to my lady. He's always like, you said that no one's going to hurt her. Uh, He always just gets real angry about it. Is this before or after the necklace? Right now, the necklace, they come downstairs, and that's where she's having this conversation with him on the side. So it looks like Cage is looking, it looks like they're conspiring with each other almost. Just where they're kind of putting the vibe out there that, like, maybe this is an inside job that she's involved in it. But where he reveals that is a fake necklace. And dude's like, fuck you, that's no. not a fake necklace, that's bullshit. And Cage is like, diamonds don't break, bitch, that thing will break. He's like, he's like, do it, break it, try to break it. You know, you can find out right now if they're real or not. By this point, there's another problem, though. Even if that necklace was real, if that necklace, if they pay like $100,000 for that necklace stolen and even just resold you're not getting a hundred thousand dollars for it if i had a hundred thousand dollar necklace and i tried to legitimately sell it i'm not getting a hundred thousand dollars for it you might and then even stolen no way why i don't think i don't think secondhand diamonds sell for nearly as much as it depends on who you're selling it to you know, again, I don't. I've yeah. never tried to sell. Even, black, I've never tried to sell black market jewelry, diamonds. Even stolen jewelry, you're not going to get that much. Yeah, I mean, like, what are you going to reasonably get? Half as much? I don't know, bro. I've never stolen. They're sold stolen I mean, diamonds. I might have before. a connection, but I don't know. I don't got a diamond guy. People are always trying to steal shit, like in movies and stuff, thinking they're going to get some amazing amount for it, and I don't think they would. Well, and that's why it makes sense when OC is like, he's like, dude, I saw him get a bunch of cash. Like, let's just get the cash and get the fuck out of here. 
Also, why didn't RC just rob him when he saw him get the cash? Well, they're even dumbfounded when, like, he has nothing. And they're like, but we saw you get this money. Like, did you follow him all the way from where he got the money to his house? Because... Yeah, it's like he could have just put that in a bank account. They're stupid criminal. Yeah, they are not smart about this at all. But then Nick Cage ends up getting shot in the thigh. Because Big Bro was pissed off about these fake diamonds. Before that, the big dude gets injected with a little bit of that shit from the needle in a struggle with Nick Cage. And this is when Nick Cage throws the chair through the, the window and sets off the alarm. So big dude's out on the floor, but only a little bit out. Because apparently he doesn't get a full dose of the paralytic and he wakes up later. Let's remember that. Or he got choked out or something? Like, how did he get put down? I don't... It wasn't clear to me. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure what happened was... Because, like, he looked like he had Nick Cage in a sleeper hold. Right. And then Nick Cage was, like, was like stuck that needle into his arm, I think, that was, like, in front of his neck. That's what it looked like. And then just gave him, like, a little shot. Because they show the needle on the ground afterwards. Well, it still got it shit in there, I know. Mostly full. I don't know, it's still stupid. But he's down and out. And that's when Cage gets shot in the thigh. Well, and he explains then his whole deal. He's a drug dealer. He got fronted 180000 in product that then got stolen from him. So now he needs to get 180000 back or he is dead. Which we find out that the people that steal it from him are the people that he basically bought it from or fronted it to him. It's his brother working with those people. But his brother selling them out for $10,000. So it's just like everybody's double crossing. At least that's what the setup is, right? Is that everybody's like kind of double crossing, but then they kind of bring it back and be like, but actually, no, Nicole Kidman really didn't want to get with OC. So that alarm triggers like them getting a phone call, right? And that's when OC answers it and he's all like, yeah, you're going to have to call you back. And, and the woman's like, like what? Uh... And, and then like eventually he's like, here, Avery, it's the alarm people. And so like she's talking to her on the phone, but obviously she's under duress because there's like her captors right around her. And she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, like I'm having this party. Please don't send the cops like i'm gonna get it all cleaned up my parents know i'm having this party blah blah blah. and like the lady kind of feels sorry for her so she's like yeah no problem and so she cancels the cops coming up but then the security company like sends their security out there and they're like hey like we're just following up with this but we need a signature so big bro goes out there like looking like he did not just wake up like he was trying to oh yeah that part killed me too yeah like... and like his brother points out afterwards covered in blood or not covered but he's got blood on his face and he looks like he's just sweating even like drug induced fucking sleep you are not just like oh i know what the fuck's going on let's get into this but even like with the security company calling the cop i'm sure even if she canceled the cops they would be like whoa what's the deal over there and she'd be like, yeah. oh there's just a party and i'd be like well we're still gonna go check it out yeah i think that depends on the police department uh, well, still, I mean, if they think there's a fucking law being broken, they might be. It's a rich person's neighborhood, and it's just a party. I guarantee those cops are going, whatever, those rich motherfuckers. Maybe there's some crooked cops who are like, hey, maybe we can get some money out of this. Obviously not. Not in this case, at least, because they don't. Not at well, all. young bro steps up and shoots security guy in the head. He's like, yeah, I worked with that guy. No big deal. Then he goes to the walkie, calls it in all clear. Yeah, and he's like, he's like that guy was covering for me tonight. That guy took my shift or something like that. But now we get the flashback to what really happened on the day of the kiss at the pool that Cage has the picture of. And he advanced on her and she's like, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, we could be so happy together. You don't have to be so sad. She's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I wasn't buying what they were trying to sell me with that. Where they're like, oh, she had an affair with him. Like when they showed him in the pool, I was like, she looks... Like, she was like, why are you in my fucking pool, dude? <laughs> yeah. And I still would have called that fucking security company, too. Like, your dude is here when he's not supposed to be here, and he's in my pool. I don't know why she didn't complain about that. Doesn't that seem a little weird? I don't know. It's a movie, I guess. It's all you're going to tie it up to. A lot of people, like, you think with a person like that, it's going to get back to him that she complained, or at least someone complained, and he's going to deduce that it's her, and that might make things worse for her. I guess that's possible, too. Like, that could be her frame of mind. Like, let's just let it ride. Hopefully, that's the only time it happens. So, basically, at this point now... Well, the young daughter steps in and is like, I know I can get you $200,000 in cash or more. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where I was going with this. So, she's all like, all right, we're going to send her with the crackhead lady. What's her name again? Petal? Yeah. 
I think that's their stripper name. So they send Petal and uh, Avery to go get this money, and Avery's driving, and then Petal's like freaking out on her and being like, "What makes you think you can get this money?" And she's like, "Oh, the dude wants to have sex with me." And she's like, "Oh, you think you're worth a hundred thousand dollars? You think you're better than me?" And she like puts a gun to her head, and so she can't tell that Avery's like lining up to crash into this pole that they almost crashed into earlier and she unbuckles the uh pedal seatbelt. yeah they unnecessarily telegraphed that moment for us earlier in the movie when her friend accidentally almost hits it so as soon as they're in that car and i see where they're driving at i'm like well i know where this is headed not that it would have been any better but she even had an opportunity to kill her earlier like in the bathroom she got the gun from her. But you could tell later when she has the gun after this accident they have, she takes the gun and shows up with it later. She doesn't have she doesn't have it in her to shoot anyone. I feel like in this situation you have She to. didn't. And again, it's easy no. to have to, but not easy to actually do until you're in that situation you know. Not everyone can pull that trigger. She's what, a sixteen year old girl? I'm not saying that she shouldn't have pulled the trigger. And I'd say that I think I would. But I don't fucking know. You don't gotta kill them. Just shoot their fucking knees out or something. Never shot a gun before. It's not that easy to just aim and shoot a gun at well, a Well, neither knee. a Nick Cage and he shoots that dude in the throat while Nicole Kidman, while he's holding Nicole Kidman hostage. How do we know Nick Cage has never shot a gun before, though? I'm gonna say he probably hasn't. That's the same way as saying the kid's never shot a gun before. How do you know she hasn't? Because it's less likely that a rich 16-year-old girl has shot a gun than the rich 40-something-year-old man. We don't know he was always rich. He could have grown up on a fucking farm and he needed to shoot shit all the time. Time. Yeah, possible. But not that none of that matters. I don't care because I think it was just a lucky shot later. And it, at that point, the shit was so fucking ridiculous anyway. Everything's on fire. So this is when uh, Avery, she runs in and she's got a gun, like you said. But she... Well, they're in the, they're in the new construction part of the house, which kind of gets introduced to us halfway through the movie or so. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like the most important part of the house because it's where all the money's fucking hidden. And it's like... Yeah, because they showed Nick Cage in there, like, staring at this wall earlier in the movie, like, Pat the wall being like oh that's where all my money's at and that's where they obviously end up over there later but like avery comes in and she's like about to like she's got her gun pointed at the big bro and she's like yeah i can do it i can do it but she can't do it and that's when oc shoots big bro in the head killing him and he's all like i got all this money i want to share it with avery or share it with Sarah and Avery. There's one thing I want to fucking point out before we move past that. And while Nick Cage is doing battle with the old bro, older bro before he's killed, he's just shooting a nail gun at him. Oh, that right? happened later? No, it comes back again later. But here he's just shooting at him before he gets shot in the gut. Like they're shooting at each other. I'm like, bro, that's not how nail oh, guns yeah. work. <laughs> I was gonna you bring have to this press up. the tip yeah. down. Press the it's tip a down. Thing. You have, it has to be pushed on something. You can't just yeah. hold it out and fire a fucking well, they nail do gun that in every movie. They, they do that shit all the time. All the, Yeah, but I'm hoping that they just won't in some movie. But every time, it's like you fucking... You can rig them so that they do just shoot. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I Oh, I've seen it done before. But you're not supposed to do that. I guarantee that one wasn't rigged to be that way. But nope, he's just firing nails off. I haven't used one where it has to be like hooked up. Up by a hose i've used like the wireless ones but yeah it has to be pushed down on something i've used both but on both ones yeah the trigger the tip of it has to be pushed down and then you can pull the trigger otherwise it's just yep. fucking is a limp metal dick anyway i just wanted to point that out because it made me mad well also no because after he kills his bro and there's this whole thing going on like basically dudes like sarah run away with me let's get out of here she's like yeah. nah no fuck that shit but there's nick notices there's paint thinner or something that's like falling on the floor. So he pulls out the trusty Zippo he's had the whole movie that came from OC. He throws it in the fire. And all, the money's what goes up first. Immediately it goes straight to the money and starts burning it. All the shit's going on. Avery and Sarah get up and flee. And then Nick Cage takes the nail gun and shoots like four nails into his foot. And I'm like, I don't know how long those nails were. But they didn't go through far enough to have him stuck to the floor right now. <laughs> Didn't it happen. Really long nails. He does have four nails in his foot, and that sucks. But there's no way he's nailed to that floor. And then, yeah, he gets them in both feet, so he's nailed down on both sides. Like both of his feet are nailed down. Nailed down. For those at home, I just did air quotes. Sorry, this isn't a video podcast. So that's when Sarah comes back to save Nick Cage. 
But then dude doesn't buy it and like drops his gun and holds on to her. And he's like, you're just going to burn with me because I don't believe you. But then Nick Cage shoots him in the fucking neck. And he falls into the burning pile of money. Yeah. And then he burns. So like, yeah, then then like their whole family's outside in the yard, like laying on top of Nick Cage when the paramedics are like looking for the family and then the movie's over to see yeah and then it just ends. then the movie's over and Joel Schumacher put his name all over it directed by Joel Schumacher a Joel Schumacher film by Joel Schumacher he was real proud of this one yeah he should have been uh, does anybody have anything else to say before we get into the rating no let's movie? go all right so IMDb gives trespass 26 and a half out of 50 Randy Blades. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely lowering this from what I originally wrote. Tell the tell the audience how the scale works. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So this is a uh, one to fifty Randy Quaid's right where one is the worst, fifty is the best, and two to forty nine is literally anything. So what do you give this? I initially wrote down on my sheet of paper after much deliberation a twenty three. I am not going to rate it a twenty three as I'm going to rate this movie a nineteen because this movie was not good. It also wasn't absolute terrible well. trash. It was okay enough to where it held my attention watching it mostly, but I wish it would have just picked like one of the storylines that it set up for itself. And followed that instead of like the 15 that it tried to jam into this movie because nothing was fleshed out and nothing made a lot of sense. They spent more time, yeah, they spent more time trying to like keep you on your toes than trying to build the world. And, and it seemed like the characters didn't fucking care about each other. I felt more connection between our bad guys than I did our good guys. Even that wasn't much. And yeah, and that wasn't good either. So I I feel like I'm being generous, really, when I give this a 19. But it's mostly just because, like, dude, I don't think this was the worst movie that we've watched. I don't think it was very good, but I think it's watchable. I would not suggest people watch this movie. I think this is a movie where you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, oh, Nicole Kidman and and Nicolas Cage uh, trespass. Like, it's about a home invasion. Like, this could be a good fucking movie, right? Yeah, it could be. It's not. No, I didn't even have the thought that this was going to be a good movie. It looked like shit and it was shit. Well, that's where I'm going to say I would recommend nobody waste their time watching this movie. And uh, I'm not going to say I wish I hadn't seen it because this is the second time I've seen this movie. And yeah, I think I probably gave this the most generous rating out of all three of us. 19 out of 50, Randy Quaid's. Don't see it. Don't need it. And uh, on to the next. I'm going to jump in and just be real quick about it because I don't really want to talk about it too much more than we already have. I'm going to drop it a full 10 from you. This gets nine. I didn't like it. It did nothing for me. It wasn't even saved by an intriguing Cage performance. I do like uh, Ben Mendelsohn. I think he's really good, but that doesn't mean that he was great in this. He did the best he could do, but it wasn't enough to hold this together. Nothing was. They tried to fucking throw too much shit at the wall to keep you on your toes. They didn't give you enough to sink your teeth into, though, and be like, I'm invested in this. I care about the twists and turns. I will never watch this again. I do not recommend this to anyone. I would never own it. If you were to give this to me as a gift, I would immediately give it back to you. That's it. Nine. Nine out of 50 Randy Quaid's. I'm going to give this little joint a 12 i don't know why i came to that number it's just a low number because <laughs> this was not a good move it was more frustrating to watch there's a lot of frustration of stupid decisions and stupid criminals like how do they even think they're they would have picked these guys up within a month i think they would have figured this shit out they would have caught security boy within like a week and he would have folded if he sold his brother out so quick for 10 g's to get out of fucking some prison time, he would have rolled real All quick. they'd have to do is say yeah, something about Sarah, and he'd be like, no, not my precious Sarah, I'll do whatever you want. Fuck, I would not recommend <laughs> it. Not gonna own it. Not gonna watch it again. Definitely seen better Nick Cage movies. Definitely seen better Nick Cage performances. I might go and watch that one movie that we saw that was the trailer that was on this DVD with the girl, with the daughter from this. That Trust, I think it was oh, called. Oh, yeah. I might give that a watch. That could be interesting. But yeah, yeah, we watched some of the the trailers on the Blu-ray. I pretty much always watch the trailers on a Blu-ray. I like it. It's like I'm at the movies when I'm at home. I get some trailers beforehand. 
but yeah that's about all, all we have for you guys on this uh movie so uh i think we can all agree that uh you can catch all of our new episodes streaming on apple Podcasts and spotify you can get all of our episodes including all of our hashtag cage talks and our two tv series at our website 50randyquades.com next time on 50 randy quades episode 148 so we stepped into some territory on a previous episode, thanks to Johnny Spade, 90s comedies with Wayne's World, which I would say is a premier example of an early 90s comedy specifically. My pick fast forwards a few years from that, but in my mind is undoubtedly a classic comedy, especially of the 90s, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. So yeah, 148th episode is going to be Dumb and Dumber. A classic. <laughs> I, I can remember the first time I, I had it on VHS, dude. I had the triumvirate of 1994 Jim Carrey releases on VHS because all three of these movies came out in the same year: Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. And I had all of them on. That's I had crazy. all of them on VHS. Like he was my dude. And it's been a long time since I've watched this movie. At least five years, if we're going to consider that a long time. So I'm really interested to see. I'll tell you right now, it's going to hold up better than Ace Ventura or The Mask do which I have both watched more recently. A lot of Ace Ventura is really good. Some of it, very questionable. Most of The Mask is not good. <laughs> yeah, I remember loving Oh, I the loved mask. it too. And it's fine now. Like, if I would have watched it for the first time as a 30-something-year-old man, probably would have never watched it again. But having watched it as like a nine-year-old... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Dumb and the Dumber is definitely, like, heads above in those three movies... And I think it's an all-time comedy, all-time oh, yeah. comedy classic. So I'm really looking forward to doing that one. Yeah, that one's really great. But uh, until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out. <laughs>